Hi guys, this week we had a chance to talk to the author and researcher Merlin Sheldrake about fungi and mushrooms and all the amazing things that are going on in that world. So, enjoy! You're listening to the Forest School Podcast with Lewis Ames and Gemma Southerden. Today, we're talking about... (laughs) Pay attention. Class. How's your week been? Your week in nature. shit. No, it's fine. No. Uh, Eventful. Your week in nature. Eventful. Eventful. It's been an eventful week. Yeah. Had to first aid my own kid. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, these things happen. It was, you know, um, and everything's fine now, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It happened at a session. Yeah. I mean, if you want a, a, an example of not money where your mouth is, children where, where your, your mouth, mouth is. is. No, that sounds no. really dodgy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, living what we say. Practice what you preach. Yeah. What? what? Where was that going? Well, just that, you know, it was not like we experiment and say these things and go, yeah, other ch- people's children, but not our own. Mm. Very much our own. Yeah. And sometimes we kind of go, do you think they need other stuff? No, we're fine. We're fine. We're enough. Yeah. We're enough. Um, we ran our first level three. We haven't... Yes. Since the, since the yes. last podcast, we yeah. ran our level three course and it was amazing. Yes. It did feel slightly like uh, anybody that's like, oh, guys, I just wish I could listen to more of the podcast. <laughs> Come do a level three because we do not shut up for... Five days. Five days. Absolute world. And, and very helpfully, I think it was at, so we started at like half eight, didn't we, roughly? Yeah. And I think before 10 o'clock on the first day, I'd established that they were all all right with me swearing. Yeah. And that made the week so much easier. Yeah. Because that would have been a really hard week for me. They were all staring at me in front of a table full of saws and axes and knives. Yeah. And I just was like, does anyone mind? Swearing, they were like, no, 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 grow for it. Because as we established, teachers swear more when they're not around kids because they have to mm. bottle it up and then it all comes out uh-huh. in these concentrated things. And then your friends are like, you're very sweary. And you're like, mm. if you averaged it through the day, I'm yeah, probably yeah, yeah. probably a, a, an average amount of swearing, but it has to get condensed into, especially yeah. if you've got kids at home as well, condense it into these tiny little moments. Yeah, my kids have started swearing now, um, but they only know bloody hell which they always pronounce in the same way oh bloody hell (laughs) bloody hell it's got about three d's and no h on the beginning of hell i don't know why they must have heard me or somebody else do it oh bloody hell but they're doing a poo at the same time with that kind of tone of voice yeah yeah um and they both started doing it like this week i think i did talk to my oldest one about how swearing like um, releases pain-reducing endorphins and stuff in right. your brain, and that's like why we instinctively do it. So now he started doing it on purpose when he hurts himself like, to try and like to as try, a coping yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love it. So I'm really glad I told him that. I really love it. Excellent. Let's get that in an EHCP. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. My son swears, and it's important to him. Yeah. Yes. Um, but so today we've just written. Because we're incredibly well prepared. At the gate, about 20 minutes ago, you said, shall we podcast about this? And I said, sure. And then we sat down and we've mm. written... And I hope, I hope that we haven't done this before. Like, we, we might, have. like, but we might have done, because we've done so many of these bloody things now that maybe we've just forgotten. It was like, 
People don't care. People don't care. People it's don't fine. care. We'll just right. tell you the same thing over again. Yeah. So, forest school, guys. It happens in a woodland, <laughs> right? And you go there with some learners. Uh... And you... <laughs> Principal one. <laughs> Swearing. Swear. No. Um, we're going to talk about wide games. Yes. And uh, I... Th- uh, so, the first thing that I... Well, not the first thing... Tell the listeners what a wide game is. I first. would define a wide game because we were as talking about this just now. Something we? that you might do that would be equally <clears throat> valid for a scout group in a hall, a teacher on a playground. Oh, really? Um, n- not that you would do all the games in all those settings, but like mm. wide you games could. can be used by scout yeah. leaders, teachers on a playground. Um, any kind of outdoor activity centre, if they've got a big flat field and they've ever gone, let's go play a game, yep. what they're playing <laughs> is a wide game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, wide, open, well, not necessarily open, but big space, lots of room, quite a physical and active, maybe some element of, like, teams or competitiveness or a challenge. And normally quite, quite a simple objective. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but, but the methods of achieving it, uh, so, you know, on, on paper, it's like, get X to Y or yeah. get as many this as you can without something. You know, it can be explained in like two sentences. Yeah. But then the complexity of it is done by the team of going, here's a strategy for it. Or the individual. Or the individual. Yeah. 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 Um, but so I think we're going to talk broadly about some wide games we play and also what we have reflected on them and why we do and don't do certain things. Yeah. But my one of my... Initial thoughts was that we are very lucky to be able to do wide games in a woodland to the scale that we do because we have a, a completely private woodland. Yeah. And I was talking to some people um, about this and saying that if I was running this on a public site where there might be dog walkers or there might be... Mm. It would change my perception. So we have three acres, give or take, and we use all three acres in some of these wide games, you know? It is... Uh, what do you reckon end to end? 300 meters? 400 meters? 300. What? From, 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 from the south, south side to north. to north, that's probably 300 meters. Maybe I'd say more. Two in it. It's not a 400 meter running track. That, a 400 meter running track is knackering. Um, anyway, this is besides the point. But if we were doing this in a woodland where I thought there might be members of the public walking past or doing whatever, if you can hear clanking, I'm right. just, I'm just Gemma has walked off midway through. But I'm just next to you, so it's fine. This is like ASMR, but coffee. Also, Gemma arrived today and said, I'm really buzzy because I had a great breakfast and I've had a coffee. And I did some cardiovascular exercise. And you did some cardiovascular that exercise. That was the important part. And are you going I, for coffee number two? Yeah, because, like I said, I'm going to crash halfway through and that is happening. I can feel it. Like This is the addict talking, isn't it? Yeah. I had a really, I had a really, uh, really uh, lucid dream that I was doing mushrooms last night for the oh, first really? time ever. Yeah, it was very real. And then, um, and then I woke up. I wish I hadn't woken up. I was quite oh. excited to see where it was going. Anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. So you have to excuse the noise of banging and clattering and. Uh, listen, listen. Caffeinated. Done. That was Gemma pouring it down her throat. Ha. That was her just opening up and pouring down. Um, yeah, I would do wide games on a very different scale if we were um, in a public woodland. Because I, part of it is... So, like we kind of touched on, 
for doing this in a field, your visibility is really good, yeah. which affects the game for the children or the learners, but also affects it, your like RBA for you as a leader. Yeah. Whereas in this woods, once you go 100 metres... You're invisible, basically. You are invisible. We've yeah. got a hill, which gives us an advantage because we can see down the hill. And if we get up high up here, you can see a lot of the woodland. But we've got so much holly and kind of shrub layer and stuff like that. that uh, but that works really well for wide games because it gives you lots mm. of sneaky paths and you can be invisible. Yeah. But if there were... Mem if there were it just changes how much you've got to trust the kids. Yep. Or trust and how the comfortable playing. they feel as well because, you know, like um, some kids, like on Holiday Club, for example, would arrive here and be like, and you'd go, okay, we're going to play this game, which involves you going out of sight and hiding and being either by yourself or with a group of people you've never met before yeah. and playing this like high stakes game. Um, and some kids are absolutely fine with that, but other kids obviously would be like, what? You're asking me to do what? Yeah. Um, so it's also about the group as well as the space, isn't it? And having um, kids that we've known for a very long time, who've known each other for a long time and know the space, you know, pretty well. And, <clears throat> and their physical ability. So 100 metres on a flat field for a three-year-old, I wouldn't say is particularly far. Mm -hmm. 100 metres in a woodland for a three-year-old in, in a site with a hill is, ba you know, they're they're going to feel a lot less, um, I don't want to say safe, but you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. They can't get back to a place of safety as easily and yeah. that will affect how they want to play the game or how we set up the game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Trying to play um, games, so I was like doing sessions here in the forest and then going into a school and doing a school field. Mm -hmm. Really trying to like scrabble around in my brain for going, okay, right, I know this group would really benefit from some of the wide games you do in the woods. I've got a school field. It's got like a, a bush, like one bush to hide behind. The bush. It's, it's called the, the bush. bush. Um, or the tree. Um, and go, oh God, it's, re it's really hard to cobble together games that work for that like flat mm. kind of dead Without space. bringing in lots of resources. You could yeah. obviously bring in like ropes and tabards and... Mm cones and it then becomes it a like PE, PE lesson. And then yeah. we've talked about this as well, haven't we? Is, um, with uh, football, like football at Forest School, what's the deal with that? Like, it seems to be an issue that comes up for quite a few practitioners. I think because a lot of people do end up working on school fields. And so the kids have that association with like, well, I play football here and the yeah. footballs I know are kept in that box over there. And you're kind of telling me that I can do free play and I can like guide my own activities. So can I get the footballs out? What's your answer to that? Um, I mean, I said no. And I think we talked about this, didn't we? I was talking <laughs> to, to somebody about this who was saying, but they were in a woods and their kids wanted to bring football. That was all they wanted to say. And I said that I've kind of come down in the same place as I do with technology, in that, like, I'm okay with resources if they deepen your connection to the space mm. or nature. So for technology, digital camera, great. Social media, not great, so it's disconnecting you. Mm. Um, something that <coughs> lets you, using your phone to look up mushrooms, yeah. great. Using your um, iPod to, or any a generic music device, to listen to music and block out the sounds that are going on around you is disconnecting you from place. And so football and wide games, I would do the same thing of going, is this game, so like a sneaking game, is it helping them to subconsciously even, 
think about where are their spaces, where are their tunnels, where's my visibility good and yeah. poor. Or <coughs> football is just, everything here is an obstacle mm -hmm. to me playing the game. If you're on a field mm. and you're playing football, you're not necessarily thinking about the grass, you're mm. not necessarily thinking about the hedging on the outside, you're, you might be thinking about the bush. Mm. But do you know what I mean? That's where I came Yeah, it's came also down on it. a thing um, where if, if you've got like three people playing football on your forest school field, you know, school field being used as a forest school site, then how does that impact the other learners who doesn't, so you know, space. you've got a whirling massive object and shouting and all the rest of it um, in a quite exclusive way. It's mm. not like this is a made up game that people can go, you know, rock up and go, can I join in? It's a very... Well, it goes back to, you know, all thing, kind of field it? games in some sense come from a, an elitist position of being able to maintain a lawn. One, you need somebody to be able to, historically, you need regular maintenance and before electric tools, that's hand cutting the grass. Mm. You also are saying that this is not valuable to me or I don't need it to grow food. Yeah. Or habitat or coppice or, mm. you know, so by any kind of pitch field games, are to an extent from that aristocracy who can, mm. and also take time off work. Yeah. Cricket is a six day game mm. that requires an, an absolute like acre of land that needs to regularly be maintained and can be played. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. You look at it and you go, right, who's gonna play that game historically? <coughs> Someone that can go, yes, I shall not work for six days and <laughs> I shall clap and to do all that. Anyway, um, getting off topic, um, we were talking about resources and building them into wide games and how you do it on a flat site. Yeah. Um, and I think... Find out about CPD courses at childrenoftheforest.com. Check out the podcast links for more details. One of the big things I wrote... Actually, I ended up writing it down twice. I wrote down cheating, trust and fairness. Oh, yeah. Which I think are <coughs> massive components. I mean, you could do a whole game. podcast just about that, couldn't you, really? Because that is a massive part of. We were talking about democratic education earlier, yeah. and we really want to do a podcast all about it and right, do a deep dive on it. But just to kind of touch on it briefly, even without wide games, you've got a bunch of learners in a space meeting regularly um, with all the forest school principles applied. You basically have set up a kind of, a, you know, up for debate, but I would say you've if you're doing it a certain way, you're setting up a democratic yeah. experience. Yeah, 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 let's establish that. Um, and so those issues are going to come up whether you're playing wide games or not, and that's a really, like, it's massive, isn't it? Because in a school, a mainstream traditional school, uh, each participant in a classroom has got so little opportunity to talk about or make mm. a stand for fairness equality, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, there's like school councils and things, aren't there, where they get to kind of discuss those things. But at Forest School, then we were saying earlier, it's like minute to minute, that mm. is an issue, you know? Oh, but hang on. It, like, it's, it's everywhere because you don't have that top-down approach of, a, of being a teacher and going, OK, right, uh, Group A, you're going to come and do drilling with me mm. and we're going to do that for 15 minutes and then we're going to switch to Group B so that everyone gets a turn or if you've got the drill, you can use it for five minutes or you can use it until you've drilled the hole and then it's somebody else's turn. Like, because there is none of that, then it's up to the group to make those decisions and confront those difficulties. To an extent. 
Go on. To an extent. Well, I think this is where, you know, you get into that thing of like, because what I was just going to say is like, oh, it's like you're not giving them a system. You're not giving a framework. You're letting a framework develop. Yep. But there are some things at Forest School where you go, the risk here means I have to put a framework sure. in of putting a rope up around my yep, tool yep, area. Yep. We don't go democratic, you know, it's that yep. line between yeah, yeah. what people would define as like anarchy. Yeah. And it's almost like if you were a tribe and somebody new arrived, you wouldn't abandon it all and go, right, well, I guess we can go and stroke the tigers again. Let's, yeah. let's read it. You know, you go, this is our culture. And our culture is that this is what keeps us safe. Uh, you know, the established members of the community yeah. pass that information on. And hopefully explain why. Yeah. Gives you some under, either explain why or get a low level at chance to take, do some risk taking, some social experimenting and go, this is where I was thinking about wide games because some wide games are set up to be and I think this is an almost teachery approach. And I know it's a thing I did when I was teaching. And sometimes, some groups of learners need this. But you try and set them up to be cheat proof. Mm -hmm. You know, my, whenever you and I develop a wide game together, quite often we'll ping back and forth before they do it, where we go, <coughs> but what if, not naming someone, we go, what if someone does that and they don't get told to do this? Or what yeah. if they... Um, the emotional impact of potential behavior during the game yes so you could set up a game and you could try and make it really cheap proof by going right we're all going to have so like we play hunts and rabbits everybody has these little tags essentially tag rugby you run 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 tag gets pulled out uh that's the sign then that says you have been caught then you join the other team you put it on your head you put it on your head now in some ways you could play that game and go if you get tagged if you get touched mm. You go, oh, I got caught, yeah. I do whatever. That relies on, and this is a thing that is different. Um, you know, people talk about um, the impact that technology has on childhood. Mm -hmm. um, the way that children interact on technology has set rules to it. Now, that mm -hmm. might be the rules of the game are it only lets you have a turn, then it lets me have a turn. Mm -hmm. Or it might be there are physics rules in Minecraft or mm -hmm. there are financial limits to what we can do. Yeah. But the limits are there for them. Yeah. And the, the framework punishes or, dis, or just completely doesn't, doesn't allow, allow yeah, yeah. cheating, in, yeah. in quotes. But things like board games and physical wide games, mm -hmm. they rely on everybody coming together and going, we're all agreeing that this will only be fun. Yeah. In the same way that a board game, you could roll a six and go, no, I'm going to move eight. The board doesn't catch fire. Yeah, yeah. Right? It doesn't go, eh, eh, you have... You know, yeah. But it's about your, it's your peers, isn't it? Your peers' yes. reaction. And that is, uh, I think that's Bob Hughes' definition of social play, mm. isn't it? It's playing anything where there are rules, whether those are rules that... With, you know the rules that the group agree to adhere to yeah. but I think that's because um, I've written that down in part of my notes in terms of um, those are really amazing learning opportunities so yeah okay yeah. this ties into what I wanted to talk about the other day as well okay. because we developed a uh, wide game I'm going to try and remember all these different strands of thought that are in my head and it's really tricky okay so we had a game that we invented called South to North where just one team mm -hmm. has to try and get everybody from the south fence of the woods Bulldog. to the north without being caught. Bulldog. Bulldog. 
Um, and they can run, they can hide, they can sneak, they can do whatever. Um, and then some of our children were really interested in smuggling, as in like ye olde times smuggling, Cornish pirates, etc, etc. Et so I was like, okay, how can I like weave this into a game? And so then we adapted South to North to um, include smuggling rocks. So we had some like painted pebbles um, that the smuggling team had to get from one border to the other so it was absolutely hilarious like I absolutely loved it um the whole setup to it involved like some of the older children talking about the EU talking about like borders and also talking oh, about amazing. illicit substances literally I was, at, like, I was with the group that were waiting so the idea is you can go back and forth as many times as you want and the people the people catching are then like border patrol if they tag you they go have you got any stones so you could run as a decoy or whatever but I was there, and this is another thing, we were there with a group of mixed-age children. Some yeah. of them are five, yeah. right? And some of them are, I think the oldest is 11, 12? Yeah. yeah. And one of the 12-year-olds just turned around to everybody <laughs> and went, guys, this is EU, and that side is Britain. And then he picked up a rock and he went, I'm going to get this heroin right through. <laughs> and he pocketed it and left. And... Uh, None Amazing. of the other, none of the little ones, yeah. kind of registered what was going yeah. on. But I was like, "Holy moly! What an inte- you know, what did I'm your so day involve? Involved I know. smuggling class A's." We as had a to um, send and a message to all the parents, didn't we, to go just in case your child comes home talking about this. This is what happened. It's all perfectly innocent, it was, but it was so like topical and involving. Yeah. You know what was going on in the real world and what's top of mind and. None of them stuff. that we're aware of are heroin smugglers no, in their in real, real life. life. That's, um, n- uh, that's not a thing we can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, all going great. I was, like, high. I was like, this yeah. game is amazing. This is so cool. Uh, and then it started, and then, like, the cracks began to appear because people were going, oh, but hang on. No, and basically, I think the issue was that some players of the game were so into it, which is mm. what you kind of want, right? You want a game. They you were so set into up, flow. Yeah, and you... That- just yeah. that role of it. Yeah, and they, but all in a different way. So like yeah. one of them was smuggling heroin um, from the EU into Britain. Another one of them just wanted so badly to get all the stones across without getting caught. Was so, so into it that then all kind of like social niceties, the kind of rules that we live by every day, went out of the window. Mm. So suddenly the game, winning the game became so important that it was now okay to like scream in someone's face, to like... Dump tackle someone. Dump tackle somebody, to um, go, right, you guys can't play because you're not fast enough. You actually aren't playing now because I need to win! And all of like millions of little fires, in inverted commas, started like erupting within the Mm. group. Um, and then people were upset, and then, so some people were trying to enforce the social rules and going, okay, yeah, we want to win the game, but you can't like scream at somebody more than you. And other people were like, yes, you can, because you, you know. And so then this was one of the times I was just saying, where as an adult who has uh, some degree of regulation ability, uh, you can go in and, and help and go, okay, right, let's all stop. People it's like are we upset. weren't in the flow, we weren't in the thick of it. You were yeah. kind of above it, yeah. looking down. Which and going. you would hope is the c- case most of the time. I would say sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> me might get a bit into games. But I got all the heroin across. And no, no, I didn't. But so um, I, what I wanted to say was that at the time I was like, oh, God, having been the person who came up with the original idea and then coming yeah. to you and then we developed you it You felt together, a bit of right? ownership. I felt kind of ownership and I was like, oh, what a 
twat. Like, how did I think this was ever going to flipping work? Do I know this group or not? Like, what the heck? Of course this was going to happen. Of course so-and-so was going to react in that way. Of course this was going to happen. I'm a twat, blah, failure. And then, so that was going on in the back of my mind, in my little internal voice, whilst I was talking to the children who were dysregulated. And we kind of put it together and we talked about it. And uh, some children were able to express, I... I don't want to play this game anymore because it's making me feel angry because blah, 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 blah. And some of the children that were able to verbalise that, I was like, actually, uh, turning off my internal monologue of like, you're a twat, how did you make this happen? And standing back and going... I'm talking about yourself uh, there, not talking about the... Yeah, yeah, talking about me being a twat. Um, And then standing back and observing what was happening now, Mm. i.e. the game's falling apart, what's happening now? I was like, actually... The social fallout and repair. Bloody hell. Loads (laughs) of stuff is happening... That is so positive. And so I want to talk about like failure where you might think you failed, but actually it's a really positive thing. Well, that's part of it, isn't it? That's where I'm that's kind of where I think my thoughts are in terms of like, do you make something cheat proof? Do you sit down? And then that also eats into your like game talk explanation. Cause you've got mm-hmm. to, if it's one word of like, right, you team, you've got the rocks over there. You've got to get them there. If we tag you, you give them up. Mm. Let's go. Mm. Do the Kermit the Frog arms. But if you've then got to add on, oh, and just so you know, if this, and there's another rule that's there. You could do that as a group before. You can. You could go, but you could, so you as a a facilitator could try to foresee any potential issues, which we do do that, right? We do do like, um, oh, just. And week to week we adapt it. This might happen. So what do you guys think we should do if that does happen? And kind of get a bit of a group agreement. Because we also talk about sometimes, um, we'll have an idea, one of us will have an idea for a wide game. And the other one will go, don't know how the group's going to deal with that. And then we talk about, but is that a reason not to do it? Like Mm. It's almost like it's a sliding scale of like knowing your group and having this game and going, that is so challenging for them. It's going to fail and people are going to get upset. 100%. So we won't play that game. But, things that are just you're always sticking to the safety of like oh that game doesn't make anyone upset so we'll always just do that Mm. game and i feel like the smugglers game was kind of in the middle and up towards the challenging end Mm -hmm. like i'm still glad we did it and i'm glad that they all had that experience you see what i mean because next time it might you know and it's kind of like social failure group failure in a really safe environment because it's a high adult to child ratio there's no kind of like, oh, we've got to stop talking about it now and move on to another thing because that's what the timetable says we have to do. Yeah. It's not like somebody is left with a, well, you would hope, um, there's less chance of someone being left with a kind of festering, unpleasant feeling because mm. there's time and space to explore that and repair those relationships through the day and all those kind of things. Um, so I still think it's good. I do think, yeah, there's something about, uh, have you ever done an escape room? Applications for forest school training are now open at childrenoftheforest.com. Check out the podcast links for more details. Mm. So that is the adult version, I think, of a high stakes game. And it is, if you want to get to, I would say this, if you want to get to know someone and really get to know someone. Or yourself. Or yourself. (laughs) Do an escape, escape room. Uh, for people that don't know what escape rooms are, it's puzzle solving. You know, it's like you get locked in a room and it's it might friends. be like a detective's office or um, a space station lab. And the game is like, can you solve all the puzzles, find the key at the end and escape yeah. the room in the time? That is the equivalent of smugglers, but for adults. That yeah. high stakes. And 
that you really reflect on social currency. So I have only done one. I would love to do more. But I realised that I had no social currency because I knew two people and then there were two... It was like... It was one group of friends and we were on one branch of their friendship tree and, and some other people were on the other. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's one couple in yep. the middle who know both people. Yep. But I don't know the couple on the other side. Yeah. I'm quite competitive yep. and quite sweary yep. and I know what I look like. Yeah. Right? So the image of me going like, fucking open the drawer! Why didn't you say you opened the drawer? Jesus Christ! Like ripping paper out of their hands and all this stuff. And it made me reflect on myself and go, yeah. Oh, okay, I've got to do that. Yeah. So the similarly, not just the people who got dysregulated doing mm -hmm. smugglers, but the rest of the group had a chance to go, okay, that person reacts like that to stress. Yeah. Maybe next time there's something stressful coming up, I'll know what's gonna you know, yeah, what's yeah, coming. Yeah. Maybe I can need to step in and help. Maybe I can run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, can, yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't learn anything if you only ever see people in comfortable situations. Of course. Well, that goes back to risky play, doesn't it? That is risky play. We talked about how risky play is, you know, risk isn't just physical risk. It's emotional and social risk. Mm. And it is. You're facilitating that. You, you, so that, yeah, so I guess that's when you're deciding whether or not a game is going to work or not. And by work, I mean have some kind of positive outcome, even if it all falls apart. Um, is, is it risky, but not completely out of there? Yeah. It, possibly it's looking at it, you know those maybe. story arc graphs yeah. that go, you know, yeah. oh, the character has a thing. You might think that your wide game is the whole story. You mm -hmm. might go, it was challenging, that's the dip, and yeah. then they came up because someone won. That might actually be just the first little bump because then you might have a very deep dip mm -hmm. where there's the social fallout, rare, repairing, whatever else, and then the actual finish of the story is the big bit at the end that you come straight back up and you go, and we socially repaired and we learned about... But if you only think that the game is the yeah. arc, yeah. and you look at it and go, well, if the game ends with people being unhappy, mm. that's not great. And you're like, well, that might be the dip. You need to think about the yeah, longer yeah, time yeah. frame. I like your point about learning about each other in the group and going, oh, right, okay, that's how they react in a stressful situation. Similarly, that might give, even if it all falls apart, maybe perhaps somebody who doesn't normally um, have a kind of outspoken leadery type personality in mm -hmm. the group generally that power something and identity about, yeah something about those the parameters of the game the constraints of the game the objective means that they take on a di you know show a different mm. side to themselves have a different voice and engage with the rest of the group in a different way um the rest of the group, oh okay i didn't i didn't know you sort of had that and particularly i think a lot of wide games <laughs> so i'm thinking things like hunters and rabbits um smugglers bulldog um even to an extent hide-and-seek mm. they work on the same principle that rugby does where everybody has a role but they're different skills mm. you look at a rugby team you've got big people that don't do a lot of moving and you've got you know it almost goes down and down and down and down you've got fast little whippy people on the end mm -hmm. and everybody's got a role in terms of a game like smugglers you might go well I'm big I can be the distraction or mm. these guys that you might have gone you know if you played it over and over again people might develop roles of like, okay, well, you be the sneaks and we'll be the chargers and you be the something else. And it, the, having different strategies gives people more power than just... Because a lot of games that people will play, if you are bigger and faster, You're just win. you win the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Like a foot race, bigger, yeah. faster wins the race. Yeah. But something that involves a bit of strategy, a bit of sneaking, mm. you know, you might go, 
gosh, she's not fast, but she, you cannot see her. She knows mm. how to hide. Oh, she is a great actor. She said oh, she yeah. didn't have any stones and actually she had seven. Yeah. All those kind of things. Yeah, and I love that. And I love that, um, so I think we've recently, with one group anyway, um, kind of uh, arrived at games work best if it's the group versus you and I. Yeah. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because um, then they get a bit of time to kind of discuss and do strategy whilst we're away from them. And I think that's really mm, great that's because really then valuable. they kind of talk about it and decide all that kind of stuff. Um, I wanted to say something. Well, I was going to say that one of the things is that wide games here are adaptable in a way that I think the mentality at when I've done wide games in school and in um, like you know sports club holiday clubs mm. um, possibly that's this is to do with the culture of those settings yep, but the rules of the game mm. are the rules of the game and they are the most important thing they're more important than if somebody's very very upset for example or, or even just that you so like a holiday club you have different kids yeah. week to week yeah. se session to session the rules of football do not, do not care if you are new to football or have been playing 20 years or... Do you know what I mean? The yeah. rules are the same. But what I like about doing wide games here is that we as a group can sometimes go, you know, you might have some kids that have been coming for two years and they have taken hunters and rabbits and like we had um, one child who invented extra roles of you're the lumberjack. Yeah, so now you yeah, can do yeah. this and this and this. And you're the, you know, they can extend yeah. it themselves, but it also gives you the flexibility to go, well, why don't we do it pairs today? Mm. Why don't we do it so you're only on this half? Yeah. Um, but I think the mentality in more structured places is that's not how the game is played. Exactly, yeah. But Forest School has this kind of like flexible, yeah, why don't we yeah, change yeah. it? Oh, okay, I'm not yeah. tied to it. And that's, your, that's kind of part of our training and development, right, as facilitators, that we are ultimately flexible. It's like you are in the moment, all the blooming time yeah. and you'll go and you're flexible which is not a skill that is often practiced if you are like a holiday club leader and this is one of the things that um uh somebody was one of our level three students was saying uh, they put a question in a facebook group and they got shouted down everybody just said you haven't done your training mm. and uh you and i kind of went well you might understand that a little bit more Mm. at the end of the week when i see people go i need a game for three-year-olds mm. or my group are doing romans blah, blah blah part of what i i guess this is it relates to this is which is that if you're not practiced and adept at adept at adapting gosh, say that really fast adept at adapting adept at adapting adept um then and you get given a lesson plan you mm. might think that is the only way to play the game mm. whereas a, a someone who's practiced for a school and is very reflective will go okay this might be the idea I kind but of my group need it yeah, in a different way i kind of feel like you need to have firsthand the experience of it going wrong it going wrong i think you need to do it like five or six times different t like categories of game mm -hmm. so that you can get different people's re different learners reactions to those things so that then you can make predictions about next time and also areas of flexibility and also how helpful it like can you imagine if we were doing this by ourselves mm. you know like one of us will come up with an idea for a wide game tell it to the other person the other person will ping it back and go have you considered xyz oh yeah and together we do it if we were by ourselves mm. it would be so much more challenging to do that wouldn't it 
Support the podcast today by becoming a Patreon member at childrenoftheforest.com. Check out the podcast links for more details. So, everybody, link up with some other forest called practitioner. That's the, that's the thing we Community, always, not competition. Community, not competition. Man. Chat about it. Um, I wanted to talk about, like, a different type of learning that isn't necessarily, like, social learning that is happening in a wide game, um, which is kind of like recapitulative play. So in Hunters and Rabbits, for example, uh, I was playing it with a group of 11-year-olds once, Mm-hmm. And um, they were the kind of group who were quite kind of here, or not here in a school, else. but it doesn't really matter okay. where it was because it was more about like the chat we had afterwards. Okay. So um, they wanted to talk about the experience of having played it for the first time, and um, so we were going, okay, so what you know, how, what did that feel like, and what do you reckon we were learning while we were doing that? And so we talked. They talked quite a lot about. Um, like predator and prey. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they had been learning about that in school as well or, you know, in science or something, but it giving you both the experience of being a prey animal yeah. and the kind of, and I was wondering whether it kind of sparks a type of empathy for prey animals through playing mm. that, you know. So if you, we, for example, we will say um, here, like stay on the paths where you can see paths because there are lots of small animals, yeah. mice, etc., that are living in those habitats. Um, or talking about invertebrates and putting them back where you found them and things like that. And whether, and for some learners, that is like, well, you know, if you say so, but I'm not going to be able to empathise with like a waddlehouse because. Because a worm, Because it's, it's a worm. Exactly. But maybe through having that experience of being prey, that is a kind of nature connection mm. and kind of harking back to like a really ancient, you mm. know, sense in us as animals. And similarly, um, if you're a hunter and you're looking at, the kind of predatory strategies that you're using so this group really talked about like oh we all um you know there were three of us at one point trying to get one rabbit and so we decided that we would close mm. in on them from all sides or i decided that's that gotta I was be gonna... so hardwired in us yeah yeah somewhere. yeah but it's so but getting in touch with that like ancient animalistic thing I have you ever really seen um oh we should i should pick uh, john cree's brain about this um like pursuit hunters Mm. Have you ever seen any like footage of pursuit hunters? So they like Recently. they will in, injure in some way an animal mm-hmm. or separate an animal from the herd, mm-hmm. and it does what it is pursuit hunting. Mm-hmm. It is running and running, mm-hmm. which is why humans are supposed to be in quotes great joggers mm-hmm. because we're supposed to just jog <clears throat> and jog, and we just that's why we sweat and we just outlast things. We're very right. efficient, um, but a lot of the footage that I've seen they get to a point where they can't see the animal or its tracks anymore. Mm-hmm. And what they do is those hunters then start to, they sort of move back a little bit. Mm-hmm. They move forward as if they are the animal and go, so where would I go? I would be going yeah, that way. I yeah, would be yeah, looking. Yeah, you can't yeah. see, but I'm moving around. And yeah. they start to go, they just flip into the, the prey's point of view yes, yeah. and go, that looks like the way I would find safety. Yeah. So let's go. And then they yeah. just, and they always find it because, you know, yeah. that's their life and um, skill. But it's that thing yeah. of like, and also as you were saying that, I was saying, thinking it's a great way to, ch- by changing the criteria you're looking for, it changes how you view uh, a landscape, uh, an environment. Mm. If you suddenly, the same way that Go Find It works, if you're looking for green things, mm. you just go, ooh, okay, I can retune into this. If you're looking for um, round things, 
in the same way, predator, prey, looking for cover, it all changes how we look at the environment yeah. in a way that is hard to do without play. Definitely. So if it wasn't play-based, you would really struggle, I it's think. It's first-hand if it's play-based, isn't it? It's all very mm. well going to a group of learners, okay, so let's look at this habitat. and Where, where is the middle story? Yeah, or where, where is, is the, the, you know, where is the good habitat for wrens, you know? It's yeah. like, oh, God, how do we engage with that? But, um, yeah. If you said, right. where would you hide this rock? Yeah. Or where would you, where are you going to hide? But you're going to hide in a place which is still going to be easy to run from. Mm. You know, those kind of decisions that you're making, which are very animalistic, aren't they? Yeah. And, you can't can't necessarily verbalise them even afterwards, which is why this group that I was talking about were interesting because they could and they wanted mm. to. They really wanted to talk about like, oh, it felt like, like you know, they were talking about I chose a rabbit, they were really fast. I just decided to chase them and chase them and chase them and chase them, and I didn't mm. use any other strategies. I just waited till they got tired, and then they got really tired. Yeah. And that was funny because that person in that group is always the fastest. They always win sports day because they're really really fast. Right. But I just kept chasing them, and then they got tired. So even though they're like uh, supersonic runner actually they didn't necessarily win yeah. you know and i think to sort of going back to the the idea that it's recapitulative mm. one of the things that i wrote down was that uh oh, i used the phrase template layering which is not a good example of what i, I What's think that? i couldn't think of a way to describe it but the same game of tag mm -hmm. or let's just okay, catching yeah. Yeah. could be um, hunters and rabbits yes. could be pirates and smugglers yes. could be Romans and slaves Love it. Yeah. could be yeah. all these things a bit like folktale variations yes there's something about the fact that you yeah. and, and they all have a basis in an original idea yes and you can so th there's one way you could take it which is that you can take it to whatever children are interested in mm -hmm. in terms of it, it could be uh Oh, I was going to do... What is it? Transformers and Decepticons. Yes! It could be... Yes. Uh, Team Rocket and yes. Ash Ketchum and who can get the... But that is why... Things. Sorry to interrupt you, but I've just had a light bulb moment about why the Smugglers game, why they got so completely intensely into it and it was the in-roll element, I think. Mm. So that's but my that's kind I mean. of like... So this is my... This is where I, so you can take it down the yeah. fantasy route of if yeah. there's a... A particular brand property that children are interested in, that's what they can empathise with. Mm. But in terms of relating back through human history, smugglers, Romans, pirates, mm. all these things are real things people lived with mm. who needed to find shelter, yeah. who needed to get away from authority, who mm. needed to um, escape capture. Like that is, you know, you and I were talking the other day about um, like inherited trauma yep. and, and the yes. stuff that happens in history. Yes we still sort of carry it. Yeah. And all the learners that you're going to meet come from a history of some mm. point, someone had to run. Mm. You know, yeah. whether that's, you know, even like landed aristocracy, at some point, that family history mm. was that they had to run. And so that is in us. Mm. And if you want to really deeply empathise and embed some learning about history or a group or a and i'm not saying you need to make it all worthy of like let's be syrian refugees and mm. and you be the guards no, at calais no, right no. what i mean is like there's just something in our yeah in our bones yeah well they take you say that you know tag is like the old or tiggy or whatever you call it depending on what area of the country you live in oh i learned um, the other day like that tag is touch and go that's why it's called tag touch what? and go because there's one person and you touch and go 
That's why I heard. I think it? that's someone inventing that afterwards. Yeah, okay. A backronym. Yeah, a backronym. Because it isn't tag everywhere. It's yeah, Tiggy or who or it or yeah. I... So it was it was it, I think when I was a kid. Who wants to play it? Yeah, it was it. Yeah, who's yeah, it? Anyway. Um, yeah, that's like universally played everywhere, mm-hmm. ancient, ancient game, you know. Um, but that thing about being in role, definitely, I've really, like, partly I'm fascinated by that. That's what my yeah. master's was about, was like, how does learning change when you put a group of learners in role? You go, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do this thing, but you're all doing it, imagining you are someone else. Yeah. And how that kind of it's actually magical like I get goosebumps even talking about it because mm-hmm. um so I interviewed loads of students afterwards after they'd done some writing um and they went into flow basically described being in this flow state and and kind of at the end of their time of writing looked at what they've written and went whoa like I have no recollection of writing that look how much I've written oh my god look at the words I've used where mm-hmm. the hell has that come from and about kind of like being in role giving you a kind of permission to behave other than yourself so you know what I was saying mm-hmm. about like if they're against, if the team is against us and they're all going and strategizing yeah. and then one person who doesn't normally speak out suddenly speaks out and becomes a leader and all that kind of thing um whether that being in role enables that kind of like well I'm not me anymore I am now a smuggler and it's really high stakes and mm. so I now have permission or I have a cloak to hide under or I have a different hat on today yeah. so I'm able to do this and my learning is stretched um, mm. in this way because of that and it changes your social empathy levels because if you are genuinely enroll as a smuggler you care not one bit the feelings of the border patrol yeah 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 that's the thing if it's a game of like can you get the rocks to the thing then you would go like that's dave i know Mm. dave i sit next to dave Mm. when i have lunch he's whatever but not only changing your own own role but changing the role of your peers changes how you relate to your peers i think yeah which is why it's kind of safer for us for it to be them versus us, yes, I think, yes. because we can handle that yeah. most of the time, except that time <laughs> where last <laughs> when I was dressed up as the monster in the ghillie suit. The last time we did oh, a really? kind of Minecrafty type game, and um, I think that was I think that was the last time we played a Minecrafty type. It's game. very difficult. That, they that actually suit. assaulted yeah. me, you know, and it was like the the in role element was so strong mm. that they actually needed to kill me. And these were kids that I knew really well, yeah, like yeah. really well. And they know Some of them live you. in my house. <laughs> Like basically trying to kill, like actually trying to But they me. always know, cognitively, yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. always know that it is me or you yeah. in that ghillie suit. Yeah. But something about the role changes it yeah. and they, they would never do, they would never do those things if we, you and I just went like, we're the pirates, we're yeah, coming yeah, to yeah. take your treasure. So elements of costume as it's well. It's something about costume level. and I think face. Yeah. I think hiding your, which is, you know, yeah, masks, yeah, yeah. camouflage, all these things massively yeah. change. But that whole element of like, if you were going to design, like, de- develop a new game, mm. um, that element of be- of uh, setting an imaginary scenario on top of it or roles is, I think, the key that to it. That is so one like, of the key elements. You know, of Raiders, game. like the game of Raiders. So a lot of these games, by the way, I should just plug Tracy McIver's oh, yeah. book because well, she's got two books, three books, but she's um, got eighty-four books. Two books of um, you know, Forest Schooly stuff, and. Um, and a lot of the games, you know, start yeah. spawn there. Spawn from there, 
And uh, so I think Raiders is from her book. And yeah, so the it. thing is, uh, you are squirrels. And I've developed it like squirrels and jays. Or that might be in her original book. I can't quite remember. Um, but animals that hide acorns and nuts and the acorns that sell are stones. Um, and half the team go and hide them. The other team... Sorry, the one team goes to hide them. The other team watches them hiding. Mm. Cannot move, but sit there and watch. Um, so you can kind of fake hide things if you need to. Bend down, pretend bend, you've exactly. put a stone down. And then the other team have to go and find them. Which is what real and weird yeah. squirrels and jays and stuff do. Exactly. Um, but if, again, if you try to do that without the in-roll element, like, I just don't think it would work as well. Mm. And there's something about, like, you know, the, the people... The little so, movement yeah, of, like... the shoulders <laughs> up and scurrying and, you know, even, like, grown-ups do it and get into role and it kind yeah. of gives you permission to really engage in it. In a cool well, way. it gives you a buy-in that it's food, it's not just points. Yes. It's... And, and... So this kind of leads on, then. So I think there's something about what... So if we're saying role is a mm -hmm. um, key element of a... Good, a good wide game. Um, competitiveness is something that I go backwards and forwards on because I'm not a massive fan of games that end with points or um, a group that are losers or a group that has not won, you know, or a group that has... Yeah. Uh, even to some, for some learners, coming second out of a group of people. Mm. You know, if you go, oh, how many did you get? And they go, well, some, oh, I got five. Oh, I got six. But having five is now devastating. Yeah. Um, which is why, so one of the things I like about Hunters and Rabbits is that at the end, it's because you, you, know, you catch someone, they become a hunter as, as well. Mm. You catch yes, someone, yes, yes. they become a hunter as well. Everybody ends up on the winning team. And no one really seems to notice that they, or care that they weren't on that team to begin with. As soon as they get caught and they swap over, they're now completely invested in this new tribe. Yeah, in yeah, that, like, yeah. okay, so how do we win? And yeah. then you go, 10 seconds ago, you were mm. convinced that that team wasn't going to win. Mm. Which is, you know, one of the things that's, it's like so, being socially flexible, I think, that we struggle with as adults. Lots of people just dig trenches and go more and more entrenched in, like, these are my views. Anyway, mm. um, that's beside the point. I'm getting rather... Cognitive political. flexibility. Cognitive flexibility. Yes. Um, so thinking about wide games that, like... There are no losers. Can, can I just yeah. say, a lot of games that you will... Uh, so if you're, like, Googling Forest School wide games or wide games in general... Or Scouting games, games. So many of them are, like, and when you're tagged, you're out of the game. Or if you drop oh, the ball, yeah. you you're sit out to the, the side game. of the hall. Like that for me is an absolute no. That is a like line in the sand. So talking mm. about like games that are challenging are still good to play because you know blah, challenging could end in tears, but go for it anyway. Games that involve somebody therefore not being allowed to play. That's social exclusion. I just think they they can get in the bin. Yeah, it's so useless. I don't understand. Like all that does is reinforce probably. A hierarchy. A hierarchy that probably is already there beforehand. Yeah. You know, it's like that kind of being picked last for teams on sports day. It's just sort of like, and, oh, well. And most of those games your shit. Invo don't involve a particular, like, strategy. They just involve physical prowess, mm. speed, strength, whatever it is. Which, look, uh, again, if we're going to talk about evolution, historically those things would have been very valuable. Mm. Um, and to some extent are very valuable today. But... There's something about the fact that if you know, if you're like the 
tagging team and you know whoever you tagged has to sit down. Mm. I'm yet to meet a group of children where, yeah, that hierarchy isn't already in their head. Exactly. And they know, mm. I'm going to go for that kid because he's the slow one. Completely. Or, or they're the person with not great hand-eye coordination. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just shit. And then it becomes really obvious with those games if you, if you try and adapt those games to be like SEN friendly or um, anything else where you go, okay... Then you, you get this weird hierarchy, like you get a group hierarchy where you go, you guys have got two lives because mm. you're a bit shit. Well, yeah. And this team, they've only got one life mm. or whatever. You know, in, in trying to balance the, the scales, you are actually reinforcing... Highlighting. Highlighting the these guys need more yeah. of a go yeah. than you. And I'm not saying that's bad for every learner. Sometimes mm. they need that or sometimes... Well, sometimes the group will develop those kind of things themselves, won't they? So but that's like in, the difference. That's what okay, I think. If, yeah. it's self di- if it's self-directed, mm. then, then that is somebody being empathetic and saying... So let's imagine for a second that you were not the fastest runner. If the teacher says, Gemma gets two lives, mm. I, as the catcher, am now getting a bit of resentment of like, oh, you've just made my job harder. Mm. But if I come to you and go... Can Gemma have two lives? Mm. What that's saying is I think she needs to play for longer, mm. valuing her input. Mm. So I think if it comes from the group and is agreed by the group, that is inclusion. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think if it comes top down, mm. then it's differentiation. Mm. Does, do you know what I mean? I kind of waffled there. No, I do know what you mean. And that's a really interesting and probably another whole topic about differentiation isn't it mm. you could talk for hours about that yeah um i wrote down loose parts Ooh. as a key component i think yeah to wide games that could be loose parts like bits of fabric and i mm-hmm. what i would say is really important about the what i think makes good loose parts wide games is like resources that you don't have to be precious about yep so if our bits of fabric are random bits of fabric that I cut into like foot and a half long pieces, they're tartan so that we can see them easily. I don't care if they get caught in a holly bush and we don't find it for a week. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. If I was going, this is the tag rugby kit bag. Yeah. It's been bought to us by the Exeter Chiefs. We must mm-hmm. not step on it, scrunch it, do it. Or the smuggler's rocks. Guys, you didn't drop any of the rocks, did you? Yeah. They cost a lot of money Sorry. <laughs> you can edit that out if you want. I'm absolutely editing that out. Edit that out. But beep it. Just beep it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> completely do Loose parts. What makes a good loose, loose part? part? Good loose part is something that you can lose and not, and not care about. Or something that you don't really mind. Actually, you know what I was going to yeah. say? You don't really mind if somebody puts down their pants as part of the game. But I do kind oh, of mind that. I mind about pants. Um, but you do know what I mean. Something you don't have to be super precious about because then it takes a level of concern out of the game that they're not going, mm. whoa, 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 don't, don't catch me like that. Don't, mm. don't, um, you know, if it's something like you're throwing towards targets mm. that you have to go, whoa, 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 let's not throw it that way. Let's go, you know, to yeah. be able to have the kids to experiment with the strategy, they need some flexibility and resources. I did have to uh, intervene this week though when um, other people's clothes were viewed in that same way as like oh it doesn't really matter yeah. it's a loose part <laughs> like mm, you know like who gave you these clothes you know who like provided you with these clothes 
do you think maybe it'd be quite respectful to them to like just not shred them in the name of a game? How about that as an idea? Yeah. Are these people that live with you? Ah, uh, no. Oh. Actually not. <laughs> they weren't. Um, but yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. So, but that's where you can go, that's not an appropriate resource. Can I find you some fabric? Yeah. Can I find you a tarp that yeah. will meet that need and yeah. you don't have to be precious about it? Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff about Forest School, I think is great when we don't have to be precious about things. Yeah. I think there's a real Definitely. benefit. And, and, and also one of the things that when adults come for toddler groups or family sessions or whatever, is the thing that is the most, not challenging, but that I almost find with, with each family or adult, I have to at least once go, that's all right if I break that, that's fine. Mm. That's a stick, it doesn't matter. Mm. Well, they can't, can't take that stick home. Mm. We can't actually play. Are you... Mm. They literally grow on trees. Except when uh, that kind of you idea... You are the except today. I am, sorry. I am. But that what, that's what makes a great podcast. If I just went, yeah. I'd be much happier yeah, if you just you? agreed. No, okay. I wouldn't. Yes, Lewis. Yes, and. Okay, yes, and. Yeah, thanks. Yes, and when that idea and philosophy becomes so embedded in them that then you get the pens out and then they're like, ah, oh, fuck the pens. <laughs> just gonna not put the lids on and chuck them on the floor and i'm like mm, how about no how about we put the lids back on pens? <laughs> no it's fine um have you finished it would just be annoying wouldn't it if like you labeled all the pens that you have in your pocket and then when you lent them to the person you work with she like regularly I see don't chuck them on the floor no but i regularly see you produce pens from your pockets with my stickers on that i knew but where are the pens with my stickers that's not my fault. I gave where, you as many as I had. But where are they? I put green stickers on all of them. But and I where wrote, are they now? <laughs> <laughs> as we talked about before, some of us like wash our trousers where the pens live in the pocket. So that's what happens. Are you accusing me of not washing now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I told you, I just decant everything. I have a little wicker basket next to my washing machine. Yeah. And I decant every pocket. But what about all the other things that are on the surface next to your washing machine? Like the bin, the Hoover compartment thing, the microwave. How is there room for the wicker basket? You know, all the other things, all the other piles of shit next to your washing machine. What do you do with those to get room for the wicker basket for the pens? This is my house. Um, yeah. Um, have you? Uh, is that enough about loose parts? Or was there something else you wanted to add? No, I just kind of wanted to throw it in as a... I do think it's a good component. Yes. And we were starting to talk before we got derailed by coffee about bringing loads of resources into schools like ropes and tabards and mm. um, very, uh, in my head as I'm describing it, I'm seeing very professional, lots of PVC, um, lots of single use equipment, mm -hmm. you know, tag rugby belts, mm. something, something, you know, um, tabards that have the netball positions on yeah, them yeah, yeah. things like that that are they are loose parts but they aren't and then um very I'm narrow very narrow and often even if the children want to adapt them into the game something about their scarcity or their value means that they can't be yeah and yeah you're right like bits of fabric or ribbon are so multi-use aren't it's they a, that then they yeah. you know kids can invent games that involve yeah. those as well and just ask you for them and you have no issue with going yeah here you go take them all yeah yeah because they can be kind of um blindfolds blindfolds or... or things on trees that you have to find yeah. what 
yeah, you played a good game the other day where... Oh, that was that treasure hunt thing where they mm. had a bit of ribbon. I tied different coloured bits of paracord on things around the woods. Like, just six inches loops of paracord. That was but so we've cool. got so much paracord of, you know, stripy pink and green or camouflage or red or black because we use it a bit like carbon dating. So if I see something that's made, I'll go, ah, that was when we had orange paracord. That was, that was early 2008, that must <laughs> be. It goes through a rotation. Um, but and then they had to go around and find the thing, not take it. Because that was another bit that made it not competitive. Yeah. Was that I said, don't take the paracord yes. off. Just write the colour down and come back and I'll tell you if it's the right colour. Because what I didn't want was one group physically dominating it by going, we are the fastest, we'll take the ribbon away. Yes. It meant that when the first group finished, and I was really clear about this and repeated it quite loudly, um, one group finished and they were going, we won. And I went, well, yeah, but when the next group get to the last mm. one, they'll win too. Mm. And when the next group finish, all, find all of them, they'll win as well. <laughs> you know, it was like a trying to encourage that intrinsic competition mm. an internal kind of like, did you beat the challenge? Yes. Did you better yourself from yesterday? Yeah. And that's where you and I being one team works really well mm -hmm. because the rest of the group can keep getting better and it's not us going, uh, I mean, we might yeah. quietly go. Uh. <laughs> Sometimes I run, I chase them and I go, gee, you guys are too fast. Yeah. Like, I'm 30 this week and um, I do now, I have some started to sometimes go, guys, you were a lot slower when you, especially some of them that come for two years and you get like, some of them are coming for four, four years and I can remember them coming and it being like a gentle jog to catch that person. Yeah. Being like, I don't even need to put any effort in. Now, some of them, yeah. I am like, I cannot catch that person. They are yeah. genuinely too fast. Yeah. Or like some of them that have been coming, some of them now are bigger than me. Yeah. Physically, but I'm six foot. I'm about uh, 200 pounds, which is roughly 100 kilos for those. Uh, interesting. Um, and there are kids that come here that are bigger than me, 14-year-olds bigger mm. than me. Yeah. And you just go, okay. Yeah. I've got to <laughs> just take that. Yeah. Um, but that, so then one of the things that I wrote down was age range. Yeah. And mixed age. Yeah. So how so we have both done this work in schools and both been teachers and that is generally single year group mm -hmm. maybe two year groups the physical range of abilities or um academic you know um in terms of cognition or um physicality yeah. is a is a spectrum in this kind of in mm. in a range um home ed groups or family festival type groups. You go, there's a three-year-old yep. playing this game and there is a 15-year-old playing this game. Or maybe even including adults. Or you include adults. You know, yeah. there's a 60-year-old with mobility issues also mm. playing this game. And how that differs from what you might consider a wide game. And th this sort of goes back to that adaptability thing of lots of people, you know, it's like, a here's the wide game. Here's the age range for it. And here are the rules. And the rules kind of relate back to the age range. I think they're very closely tied of like, seven-year-olds can handle this level of complexity mm -hmm. and this level of physicality in general. But when you space that out and go, right, we're going to go, you know, we played that smugglers game. But do you know what? I kind of think, sorry to interject, mm. but um, 
I think that's the problem with the preconception of most seven-year-olds can handle this. I think that's a problem. I think that generalisation mm. that happens when you do only work with one age group or groups are defined by age makes you have an expectation that mm. is unrealistic completely. And I think that's why I was really shit at differentiation when I was a secondary school teacher because you just have... It's also enforced on you from on high, isn't it? Because you've got... Well, that's your these framework. children your, yeah. should attain X by the end of the year. It's so narrow and it's so prescribed and you, you have that expectation already mm. that you kind of go in thinking, well, everyone can handle this because of course you can because you're 11, blah, blah, blah. Well, mm. actually, if you're working with a mixed age group, I think age kind of disappears for everybody, mm. you and the other children, in a really great way. Sometimes it's quite clear because it is about like physical ability or strength or speed yeah. or whatever. And so it's quite clear that if you're younger, that's going to be yeah. more challenging for you. But everything else is so flexible you know, a fourteen-year-old, so yeah, like a five-year-old, may well be able to grasp and deal with like a some kind of rule in the game way better than a fourteen-year-old. Well, I think can. that speaks to it, doesn't it? So when you and I ping back and forth ideas about how will we play this game, how will we? That's coffee. Sorry, not we. <laughs> Come on. Good clarification. You've yeah. not just yeah pissed yourself. Yeah. So when we ping back and forth. When we ping back and forth, um, I although we have say. In, in our home ed group a kind of a bunching let's say of five and six year olds yep. and we then have a bit of a gap yep. and a bunching of 10, 11 year olds and then we've got some outliers that are a bit older than that but I don't think you and I ever say the six year olds no. won't be able to do that no never the ten year olds will find that and boring and I love that and we I love go that I don't think in this that person yeah, or X, Y, and Z, who all have similar needs, yeah. but across a massive age range, Completely. they're going to find that tricky. And it's way more realistic. It's more, it, you know, that's the holistic element of it, isn't it? And so you're thinking about the learners as opposed to like, yeah, age-related expectations. Mm. There you go. So that is a phrase that I now think that can get in the bin. Age-related. Yeah. Expectations. So that is what we, you know, EYFS. That's all of that. Oh, you know, child development thing. Mm. I mean, it's just a load of bollocks isn't it it's one of those constructs that's just completely arbitrary and we will just accept it and go oh yeah okay i don't know maybe it's not someone will probably disagree with me and go no it's really useful and it probably is useful in some ways but in the context in of the frameworks games, in the context it? of games and learning you know then i think it's kind of yeah. not yeah. entirely helpful um i wanted to talk about those moments where you have a game that everybody knows quite well and then and it relies on you as the grown-up uh, having some role that it's easier for you to do. So, for example, the up the hill game, we call it, where one oh, yeah. person's at the top of the hill and... It's like it's, Grandma's Footsteps. It's like Grandma's Footsteps or Sniper, I've heard it called. So one person's at the end of the area, up the top the of the hill, end course. of the field, whatever, um, and they turn their back and everyone's in a starting position and you count down very loudly from a certain number and you can change that number. So sometimes it's 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 3, 1. Sometimes it's shorter time. And the uh, other players have to get towards you, but then mm -hmm. once you... When you turn around, when you have turn to do around, something, either lie on the ground... Or hide. Or hide, or yeah. stand still. Sometimes yeah. you just do it in the statues. Yeah. yeah. So um, I love it. I love it as a game. Um, and so we play, they hide, mm -hmm. and because you're at the top of the hill, it's really lovely. It's a they get so many great like hiding places and different routes up and stuff, and they have to kind of tap you on the shoulder or get past a certain point. 
Um, and again, there's no like necessarily winners or losers. It's just can you, yeah, can you, you do it? When you get to the end, you've won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then you'll always get that child that will go, can I be the counter? I want to be the counter. Or can mm. I be the person who has the very essential role to make the entire game When work? we play Hunters and Rabbits and we look around and we go, so it's just one rabbit, is it? And yeah. all nine of you want to be yeah. hunters straight yeah. away, do you? Yeah. Um, and thinking specifically about things that really do require like a higher level of self-regulation or some kind of ability that you as an adult might have that they Loud don't necessarily voice, have. Because you're yeah. facing the wrong way in... Yeah. in Exactly, a loud game. voice or the ability to stand still while you are looking for people. Because the game doesn't work if you stroll around, like looking yeah, behind yeah, trees. Yeah. Or the, abil- the, the understanding to count backwards. Or, um, or, or even or, some social flexibility yes, to go, I, was gonna say the same I thing. can see so-and-so's shoulder, yeah. but they don't need me to call them out today. Like I've, just, I've already called them out twice. I'm going to give they're them not a take the third. Yeah. Completely, completely. So... What about and then you those want a moments? child that wants to take that role. Yeah, a child, and so a child takes that role and you go, okay, well, that's really interesting that they feel able to ask for that and that they want to do that. But, um, and you go, yeah, sure. And they do it. And the whole flipping thing just falls apart. And it's yeah. not great learning necessarily for anybody. Or is it? Like, I don't know. Discuss. I think it depends. <laughs> I was like a directive. Discuss. Discuss. Okay. Um, I think it depends if you have, a bit like we were saying about smugglers, if you have time to reflect on it at the end. So one of the things that I think we struggle about is that quite often we'll play that game at the end of a day. Yeah. And one of the difficulties playing a wide game at the end of the day is people are getting pulled out as yep. their parents come to pick them up. It's a nicer way because our parents can pick up from the gate, which is right on our site. We don't have, like some people do, pack everything up, walk back, mm. then we're back at school or then we're back. You know, ours, we do a reflection, then we'll go over and play a wide game or something yep. and they sort of <clears throat> fizzle out. Um, and so what that, what doing it at that time of the day means is that you don't get that chance to reflect at the end of how did we feel about it. Mm-hmm. It just slowly falls apart. Mm. I think if you had someone at the top who couldn't count backwards or their voice wasn't loud enough, and we did that at a time of day, like with the rabbits, hunters and rabbits, yeah. we've sometimes <clears throat> reflected back at the end and gone, was that particularly fun game? And they go, well... No, because there were so many of you and I didn't want to get yeah. caught. Um, or, well, no, because you were all in role and you were a bit too, uh, you know, reflecting back on it. Yeah. And can then be constructive, not criticism, but like constructive feedback to go, your voice wasn't very loud. Yeah. And they then have a choice to go either. So sometimes what we do is a kid stands next to us and they pick the numbers. Yes. So we are the mouthpiece yes. and we go, what number is it now? And they go, seven. And we go, okay, yeah. seven, six, five, yeah. four. And you just go, I am just yeah. using a physical ability here and basically a megaphone. Yes. You know, megaphone. Yeah. Um, that's one way of doing it. But I think it is interesting. I think reflection after a wide game yeah. would be a really good thing to implement for a lot of groups. Um, but it can be challenging because lots of times the wide game is the equivalent of like a wake and shake. Yes. It's the thing that you then sparks into some other play. Yeah, definitely. And if it's sparked into other play, do you stop the other play and bring them back and go, I know you've now developed this game and you want to take it over to the treehouse and, and make a new base, but, but come back and let's all mm. stop and statically reflect and do it. You yeah. know, maybe it needs some like 
little group reflections as they break off. Hi, guys. Mm. How, uh, I know we're not playing it anymore, but yeah. how was Hunters and Rabbits? Is there anything you want to do differently next time? Yeah. yeah, Bre- yeah. You know, break off, do those things. You know, reflection is super important in forest school. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think people might see the wide game as something that we're borrowing from scouting or yeah. borrowing from... And so it doesn't need... Yeah. reflection yeah or it's not necessarily like a learning experience it's just to like burn off some energy yeah you know and actually there's so much learning there anything that starts with the phrase it's just yeah yeah is completely is not a, a great thing yeah um so doing it at the end of the day leads me to i think this is the last note that i have which is time mm-hmm. and wide games and time can be a massive thing they can be we want to just play this bulldog game oh do you remember we played capture the flag yeah we had like a really small home ed group for a while didn't we and Mm. it was like january and it was Mm. really cold and there were no leaves on the trees and we just ended up one day playing capture the flag pretty much all day it was fascinating sorry carry on well no that's just what i what i was going to say is like some some wide games finish with a with an outcome some wide games so you, we have played um, essential. Oh, I mean, it was basically a forest school version of cups and cones, oh, yeah. um, stars and moons. Oh, we yeah. painted rocks that had stars on one side, moons on the other, and um, there were ten big rocks. One group wanted them all to be stones. Uh, moon. One of them wanted all to be sun. We're yeah. racing around trying to flip each other and do and yeah. whatever. And that was done by time. That game only lasted, mm. what was it, three minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, because otherwise it's just infinite. Yeah. Some games. Yeah. Um, and, and that can be really interesting to kind of just give people a game that is endless. Yeah. Um, uh, like stuck in the mud. Yeah. The ability to free your teammates. Or we played Fairy Ring because you told them... Um, yes. The story of I think it wasn't Kate Crackernuts, but you told them a story about the, the fairy story, ring. It was called it's called the Tale of a Tale, and it's in a book called The Cat King's Daughter, which is mm. a collection of like British folk tales. It's so called. then we we ended up playing. You know, there was a fairy ring. Yeah. Uh, if they got tagged by, I think you were the fairy or I yeah. was the fairy. Um, they had to go in the ring, but the other children could like save them and get yes. them back out of the ring. And so there's no end to that game. Yeah. Because you just, well, the only end is that you tag everyone. Yes. Which we would never do. Yeah. Because, again. Because they're too fast. Because they're too fast. Um, <clears throat> but also, we've got that yeah. self awareness to go, I need to. And that game was really nice. Just I'm just reflecting on this game now. What was really nice about that game was you and I were in complete control over who got tagged. Yeah. And sometimes we would intentionally tag all the, I'm going to say dominant Mm -hmm. children, which meant that they were relying on someone they might not have necessarily played with. Yeah. To save them. To save them and be the hero in that game. And so you can kind of manipulate that game and go, bum, 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 bum. Okay, now you've got to wait for for that person to come and get you out. And... You can do all the theatrics of yeah. like trying to tag them yeah. and falling over and oh he's gonna get past me and then yeah something about for that child uh, hearing the rest of the group chant their mm. name and I need you we need you yeah. come and save us we need that yeah. feeling of importance was really lovely amazing yeah. um, 
but yeah, well, so I was thinking about time and wide games, and they're really hard to time. If, mm. if either they're a timed one, like flipping over the stones, or time in and out of a fairy ring, and then you go, this has a concrete end. Or you have a game where you go, I reckon it'll be five minutes, but it might be 25 minutes if so-and-so comes up with a great strategy. Yes, or yes. if, Or it could be one minute, because... They all want to be hunters anyway, and so they've all just stood here and they just want to get tagged. And do you know what I mean? They're, yeah. They are. And sometimes you have an expectation that a, that a game will take twenty minutes, and mm. actually it like fizzles out in two minutes, and you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't the vibe of the group today, or vice versa. You'll look at the time and go, holy mackerel! Like we've missed snack time because this just went off, you know, mm. on a complete tangent somewhere. And also, then um, self-directed was. I, re- I realised I had one more thing, sorry. Self-directed, in that thing that you and I talk about, big invitation, yesterday, oh, uh, yeah. Thursday even, <clears throat> I went, right, I reckon I can find all of you in under two minutes, even if you hide really well. And that was me trying to get them to play yeah. hide and seek. Yeah. Two of them went off and hid. Yeah. But four of them stayed here. Yeah. And then I went, shit. <laughs> How do I make, you know... Are those four going to be happy here while I go yeah. and look for those two that have hidden? Yeah. Do I call those two back and go, not enough people wanted to play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I try and get those four to be hunters with it, to be yeah. you know, seekers with me? That thing about a wide game being, do- like, football, like we were saying about football, being dominant over a space, mm-hmm. sometimes then gets into uh, influencing like self-directed learning. If you go... We're going to play bulldog from here to here, mm. but that's where the bush is. And actually, mm. someone really wanted to de- decorate the bush yeah. because it's. Um, well, we had we're that in our kindergarten and, space, didn't we? Where yeah. we had to, we realised that a certain type of play need was uh, kind of trampling, literally and metaphorically, over a different type of play need. So we had to zone some areas. Do you remember? Because mm. we were like, okay, there's a real need for rough and tumble, fast running, big body movement play, um, but that was happening in an area which meant that people who were like doing building tiny things with sticks and just or making a little tower out of bricks and yeah. very, very lovely play yeah, and small or like world playing stuff playing in the mud kitchen and it was yeah. just getting absolutely destroyed literally trampled yeah. yeah and we had to zone it didn't we in order to we zoned it and then we passed physically. it physically yeah we zoned so it so we physically. did two but we did two things first of all we zoned it and said this is where you can do the you know where we're going to do rough and tumble plays but then the other option that we came up with later was that we put paths everywhere. Yeah. And there were little islands of sort of... They were like racetracks, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, inside this island, you don't have to worry about getting trampled on. Yeah. It's only if you go, like, basic road safety. Yeah. You know, when you step onto the path, have a look, yeah. is anybody running? Anyway. Yeah. Um, that was my thought about wide games. Yes. I think that we've mentioned two or three things that we could podcast about later, but... Yes. Without going too far off topic. Yes. I would love to hear other lis- like listeners' experiences of wide games. Either like, mm. you know, things that games that you've invented or observations that you've made that maybe yeah. we haven't talked about or we have and you've gone, Yes, I've noticed that or whatever. Um, so I kind of feel like this might be a topic that could be discussed, mm. you know, amongst the community. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll put this in the Facebook group and yes. if you want to yes, yes, yes. contribute. Share. Share. Talk. Yes. Cool. Okay. Cool. Bye. Bye.
If you like this podcast and want to support more episodes, you can donate through Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash children of the forest to show your support for the Forest School podcast.